Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings 13 while they turn my lights up. Thank you so much. 2 Kings 13, you can stay on there for just a moment. Minister Mike. I don't know where you are at in your life tonight. But wherever you're at, you're on the mountain or you feel like you're in the deepest of valleys. The Lord is an ever-present help in time of trouble. He's a sun and a shield to those who put their trust in him. The Bible says that in his presence there's fullness of joy. The Bible says that the mountain melts like wax. So whatever mountain of obstacle you might have before you, it can melt right now in this service. You've come to the right place. God's here by his spirit. That's, that's, that's what you felt. That's what you sensed when that anticipation, when your car rolled onto the parking lot, you thought, man, man, this is what's going to happen. Something good. You walked in the place, and maybe your hair stood on end, and your heart began to beat just a little bit faster even now. Come on, God's going to help you. God's going to give you what you need. Hundreds of hours of counseling would attempt to do, God can do in one moment in a service, in one, in one service. It took him six days. He rested on the seventh to create the earth. He could probably fix your problem in all of about 30 seconds. What do you think? Or less. Fair to say? Never mind the next 30 minutes as I preach to you a strong word from the Lord. Lift your hands all across this place. Let his spirit just come on you. Come on, forget about the the worries and the concerns, cast your cares on me, says the Lord, for I care for you. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Let go of the day. Let go of your worries of money, relational challenges, job worries and challenges, vehicles, houses, pets. Forget about it all. He's going to help you right now. Thank you. Oh, God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. 2 Kings 13. Thank you, Minister Micah. 2 Kings 13, verse 14. Elijah had become sick with the illness that and he would in which he would die. Verse 14b. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him, wept over his face, and said, Oh, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. Elijah said to him, take the bow and some arrows. He took himself a bow and some arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it. Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow, quote, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians down at Aphak, till you've destroyed them, verse 18. And he said, take some arrows, so he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And the man of God was angry with him, and he said, you should have struck five or six times, and you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you'll strike Syria only three times, verse 20. Then Elijah died. 
and they buried him. And raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. And so it was when they were burying a man that suddenly they spied a band of raiders. So they put a man in the tomb of Elijah. So they put the man in the tomb of Elijah. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elijah, he revived and stood on his feet. Father, we thank and praise you for what you're going to do. Move in power, God. Let us forever be changed by your word that goes forth and does not return void. Have your way. Have your will. Every man, every woman, every child be brought low and you be glorified. We cancel every assignment of distraction, render null and void every work of the enemy that would try to rob from your people, even during this service and those online. Move in power. We'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Someone say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One of the most revolutionary inventions of all time, in fact, when you think about, you think about inventions that, that changed history, I think about Guten's, Guten's printer, Gutenberg's printing press. You know, it's fascinating that Gutenberg's printing press came out right during the uh, Reformation and the, uh, the thesis, 91 thesis that were nailed on the church at Nuremberg by Martin Luther that brought a Reformation. And the Bible was put into the language of the people, written into German, locked himself away in a castle and transcribed it. And it went on to the first printing press and was made, really, the first book. And it's still the number one bestseller. New York Times doesn't get everything right, and they certainly don't list that as the number one bestseller. But I'm going to just tell you that the number one bestseller worldwide every year is the Bible. They just don't say that, but that's true. Interesting that, that um, Rick uh, Warren's book on purpose, uh, The Purpose-Driven Life, was the second most popular book of all time. That's interesting. I read that somewhere. I don't know if that's still true today. It's because people don't have purpose, and they long for it. But another invention that I think of that really marked and changed our lives is uh, what you might have on your wrist right now is watch. The ancients didn't look at time like we look at time. And I've talked to you about this before. There's a Greek understanding. There's kairos and chronos. Chronos is time as it continues along. Kairos is where time and destiny meet. For instance, right now, it's 8 o'clock. You're in Seattle Pacific University looking at some shiny bald guy preaching to you that gave you the word of the Lord just a little bit ago. It's a Kairos moment. This moment's never going to come. It's, it's, it's March 6th. You're here at King's in our sanctuary, in our brand new chairs, however old you are. The year is 2019, year of our Lord. This moment will never, there it goes. There's kairos moments that come where time and destiny meet. This, this text, as I've preached from a, a dozens of times, is this moment in time where Israel has an opportunity for tremendous victory. Prophetically, the word of the Lord is going to go forth, in fact, goes forth, but the fullness of what God intended for it doesn't happen. 
And it doesn't happen because of the response of the king. And we're going to look at this. And I'm going to tell you, as we've just come through a prophetic conference, that God has given you a word from the Lord. You say, well, I wasn't at the conference. Stick around. We're always having one. It's a conference tonight. You could get prophesied over tonight. Amen. This could be your prophetic. The prophetic conference was amazing, but the truth is the word of the Lord is always going forth from this place through my mouth and the mouths of many others, and God wants to speak to you through his word. God wants to speak to you through circumstances. God, God's always speaking. My sheep know and hear my voice. My sheep know and hear my voice. So God's speaking to you, and he wants to speak to you tonight to encourage you to be mindful of the hour and the time in which we're in. It'll never come again. 2019 will never happen again. And we're right on the edge, right on the very precipice, what I believe, of the close of all time. I believe we're on the very edge of where God could pour out His Spirit in such a way that men and women and children come to the Lord in unprecedented ways to fill every church in the land. And when I say the land, I don't just mean the United States of America. I mean all over the earth, men's hearts are being drawn to the Lord all across the place. So grateful for the Haggerty's son, uh, Zach, is going off to a faraway land. None of you know if we're allowed to say it, so I'm not going to. He's going to a place where it's illegal to preach the gospel. He's going to bring in contraband, Bibles, guitars. They're going to train worship leaders and pour out the Spirit of God. Why is that? Because it, you can't stop the gospel. You can't stop God's Word. Even if you make it illegal, it's funny. You know what happens? If you persecute the church, actually it gets purified and grows. It, you can never stop the church. It's a, the church is eternal. So this text talks about time and it talks about our role in it. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about that. I want to talk about our role in it and the significance that we have in, in what we do or don't do. And how the way that we respond to the call of God, the word of God, can either release greater victory, destiny, and purpose, or we can derail, abort, or delay. Delay would be at best case, but you never know. You know, God's a God of the second chance. He's a God of the second chance. Yeah, he's a God of the second chance. Sure he is, but you know, you might not just, you might go around the mountain for 40 years instead of go in. You understand? I don't want to go around any mountain. And you might, you might like going up, praise the Lord, their shoes didn't wear out. Thank you, God, for manna. I'm going into this. Is there anybody else that go, wants to go into the purpose and the plan, go into the promised land? It's a picture of what God has for you in your life. I'm not going to be dissuaded. I won't be moved. I, I'm not going to yield to, to the to pl pleasure of smooth knees and an apathetic heart. In fact, it's not all that pleasurable. I feel more and more driven by the purpose to reach our nation and to reach this region for Christ. So excited about what God's doing with our building project. Was there today? My God, that thing's a miracle. Man, you, can't, you can't look up at that and not go, he lives, man. He lives. He's on the throne. Wow. Look what he's doing. It's just amazing. The ancients' view of time was more fluid. They, the Hebrews really saw time as linear and that God could break in at any moment. That God could break in at any moment, God could come. I was talking to some of our worship people recently uh, over this past week and just trying to, you know, just having a, a discussion on, conversation on worship. Something happened to me a long time ago where I never, even now, even right now, services for me are not, this is not just another service. 
He said, what do you mean it's not enough? Well, it might be your last one. I heard the best advice to all of you early, you young preachers or your old preachers or in between or anybody that's breathing in the room. Realize that this, is the la- this might be the last moment you have, so you better preach like a dying man to dying people because you don't know if you're promised another day. This could be it. So you can go home and not wake up. So don't leave anything undone. Don't leave anything undone. Say what you need to say. Tell people you love them. Live righteously before the Lord. And if you have the opportunity to minister, to share to your next door neighbor who might be headed to hell if you don't, then I would suggest you do. We don't, we don't look at time like that. Man is given but one life to live, and after that, the judgment, says the Bible. So the Hebrews saw things as linear, and for me, when we're doing services, and I was talking about worship, they said, well, what what do you really long for in a worship service? Um, Heaven Uh, would be the simple answer to that. What do you mean by that? That means, like, something happens where there is a, a unity in the body, a hunger for God, where the, the, the scales tip, if you will, and it just doesn't become a service that's, that's just anointed. Actually, the Lord comes. And when God comes, and some of you have been in services like that, and when he comes, ain't nobody preaching. See, like right now, there's life on what I'm saying. You can feel it. It's tangible. There's presence. What they call the anointing, the God enablement, the God empowerment. He's charging the air. It's just like, man, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I'm not sure what's going to happen. I know this, though. Every service we have in all of our times of worship and prayer, morning prayer, every time we're coming together, I'm like, maybe, God, come on. Maybe this could be it. Maybe this could be it where he'd break in with fire and power. See, that's kind of intense. I know. Because I've been touched by him like that before. And the truth is, religion will never do after that. After that, you're like, you're just going to have a little teaching and a one-hour service? Like, what? what, what? You're going to what? How about maybe, maybe his glory comes? That's what I long for. Listen, I think one of the reasons we're called kings is because we believe the king is here and we want him to come and break in with power. See, if he comes there, ain't nobody sick walking out. There are moments in our life that we need to be discerning. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 5 and uh, go all the way to the bottom of that. It's one of the final verses. Hebrews chapter 5. Verse 14, but solid food belongs to those who are full age. And another version would say those who are mature. That is, those who by reason of you. So he's talking about He's talking about those of maturity. A definition of maturity or those who have become a full age or or solid food belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. Maturity. One One of the definitions of maturity is discernment. Knowing that which is good, knowing that which is evil. The sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons so they could discern like, Okay, this is a different season. I rolled out of my, my driveway a little bit late. I wanted to get here a little bit earlier. 
the dog ran away, and my recall didn't work. And anyway, praise God, uh, we got the dog back, and I guess she stays on the leash another six weeks. Anyway, uh, anyway, it was late. But when we pulled out, I noticed that it was still light out. And I thought, oh, hallelujah, as I turned to church, because it was been dark all these weeks. And I turned, I'm like, oh, yeah, the salmon are on the way. Here cometh summer. My bees are going to arrive on April 15th. Glory to God, the world is turning. The seasons are, come on, somebody in Alaska. Give them praise in the house of God. Yeah, Seattle, yeah, rain and all that. Come on, it's going to be less rain. Amen. Is it snowy in Seattle? All right, it's going to move into rain. I don't know what it can do in Seattle. God bless you. We're in the promised land. Lord, help Seattle. Praise God. Just so grateful that the seasons are changing. The sons of Issachar knew the times and seasons. Do you know what season it is? Do you know what time you're in, spiritually speaking? Do you know where you are at in the timeline of God? Do you know how important it is? How important it is your response to God, his word, and the hour in which we live. Do you? And the truth is, I don't think any of us really understand how crucial it is that we go after God in this hour and how all of our community and the nation is counting, really, God is counting on the church of the living God to put on a new mantle and walk in new power and walk in new authority. It's time. It's time to shoot some arrows. It's not time to just lollygag. Shalalygag. There's key moments in our lives, and I will tell you that there is a key moment in our church right now. He said, you said that a couple months. I know. Because it's really and always a key moment. And we need to be sensitive to that. In Numbers 13.33, it says there we saw giants, the descendants of Anak. This is the NIV right here. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own sight. They're, they had a distorted view of their identity, which affected their destiny. And listen, just listen very closely to what I say. Recently, I heard, I heard somebody... Uh, Actually, what I want you to listen really closely to is what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say something before that, about that. I heard somebody who's been in the church a long time begin to say, well, I've really started to walk in my identity in God. And they've been in church for, you know, a decade, 10 years. And I, I, I just can't impress upon you, listen now, I can't impress upon you the importance of you memorizing the recall for my dog, okay? We had a good test today. It didn't work, all right? It worked earlier in the day, but it didn't work this afternoon because there was, there was I don't know, there was some pile of moose turds that was drawing that dog, and it was just severely distracted, and no matter how many times I hit my whistle, actually, I just did it once. It didn't work, and I thought, well, we don't want to... Re- you're, you're teaching the dog. You're ingraining in the animal when it hears... Come home. Like, no matter what, it's not even a thought about, but the pile of moose turds was stronger than the, 
So I thought, I don't want to test it just a little early. I'm breaking protocol. My wife told me to keep her on the leash, but I wasn't listening. She didn't make too much fun of me. But anyway, there's, I'm like, no, no, we've been doing this. She's good. You know, there's an incredible treat. If he could just come and return, it's going to get the most amazing treat. And I'm ready, right? So, my, so it's me versus a pile of moose turds and the treat that I'm training. So I'm trying to get the dog the identity of being a champion. Okay? No way. Munch away. Munch, munch, munch. And then, and then, I hope it's not exploding dog tonight. Jesus, help us out. It's your turn, isn't it? It's your turn. No, it's your turn. It's your turn. No, no. Let's all intercede, Jesus. The dog doesn't quite have it down yet. So it was a little premature in the testing. Listen, when God calls your name, and it's your moment to cross over, if you don't know who you are, you'll settle for the pile of crap. Let's get along. Is that a curse word? Not in my language. I'm from the East Coast. It's okay to say that. You'll settle for the turds. How's that? Their identity in numbers, they didn't know who they were, so they saw themselves as grasshoppers. And as you are, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man is in his heart, as a man thinks, so he is. So they saw themselves as grasshoppers instead of the, the army of God. God has a timing for you. He wants to bring you into something that's brand new. But if you don't know who you are, You'll be like my dog. My dog could have had a great treat, but instead, well, you know, maybe the moose turds are better than the treats. I, but I, obviously, the treats that I had, its discernment was to go for the turds. A distorted identity will affect your destiny. You want to write something down? Want to tweet something? Want to, a distorted identity will affect your destiny. So you need to, how do I get a right identity? Right from the Word of God, right from here. Right here. You get this deep down. You begin to think this. And when, when God speaks to you, measure it by this, the canon of Scripture. Closed. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it unless you like all the curses of the book or you like your name taken out of the Lamb's Book of Life, as it says in Revelation. Discernment of knowing the times, the seasons, and knowing who you are. Let's look at this text, Elijah is dying, which to me is like, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Elijah's dying. I mean, this great man of God is dying. I mean, can he just produce a miracle right now? I mean, there's a time when all of us are just going to, I'm going I'm to go in the fullness of time, and when my time is done fully satiated, 120 years, preaching, praying, prophesying, I'm going to get sucked off the planet. That's where my faith's at. I ain't going to die early. I'm never going to get a disease. I'm never going to get cancer. I'm never going to get any of that stuff. I'm never going to get it. You're never going to get it either. We're going to finish our course and run our race. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. But, but, but you're going to die, though. You're, you're going to die. And so Elijah, Elijah dies. And in his, in, just before he's about to die, he wants to leave something to the king, who I believe he loves. He wants to depart, impart something to him. He wants to leave a blessing, just like every father. In fact, he's called, you know, he's called a father at times. And so... The king cries over Elijah, and he, and he really longs for blessing. And if you were Elijah, 
What would you want to leave the king? If you, if you had the power of God, and you do, whether you realize it or not, to leave something for your nation, what would you leave? You know, we're given a brief moment, a, a brief moment in time. I mean, just go study history. Your, your, your life, my life, is, is not even a bleep on the radar. Yet it's significant to God. A brief moment that we call life. It seems like a long time. But it is not. And yet men and women can change history. History books are waiting to be written about a people who would believe God and walk in his ways and his purposes and fulfill their purpose. Come on, Jiggy, you think about, think about, um, think about Billy Graham. Who would have known? Came into some small group and gave his heart to Jesus. Who would have known he would have run the course and been America's preacher and led millions of people to Christ? Who knows what God will do with you? So, the king and Elijah are in this God moment, and it's a moment that's never going to come again. And, and you see it because the, the, the prophet gets mad that the king doesn't respond with enthusiasm and zeal. And you'd think the king could say, can you do it over? Come on, let's look at this. He, what happens is that Elijah puts his hand, so the, he says, get the bow. The king gets the bow. He, he, and Elijah puts his hands on the king's hand. So there's impartation that's happening. He puts his hands on his king's hands. We've done this before. Minister Barry, would you stand and pretend you're shooting a bow? Yes. So he draws a bow, and Elijah comes and puts his hands on his hands, and he says, shoot the arrow. So he shoots it. Boom, it goes out to the east. He said, that's the arrow of victory. And the king's got to be like, oh, yeah, come on. And he says, all right. So we know that it's not just a normal arrow. It's a prophetic arrow of power that's released because of the impartation. Whenever you see hands being led on, on, on it's, it's either they're being arrested or impartation's going to happen. So then the king, thank you, then the king, the king is then told by the, the prophet, take some more arrows now and strike the ground. So he grabs some arrows and he strikes the ground, but he, in other words, hit the ground, strike the ground. So he takes the arrows and he, he hits the ground in a, in a way that's, not with enthusiasm, and he only does it three times. And the, and the prophet gets angry at him. He gets angry at him because he did not discern. He didn't understand the time that he was in. He didn't understand that if he just lost his mind on, you know, with everything he had, oh, these are supernatural arrows? Oh, you mean, oh, so like what I do now is going to actually release this as like the, the inheritance I'm receiving right now? Oh, let me, let me do that. And he, he didn't get it. He didn't have the, like the sons of Issachar. He didn't understand his role. He didn't understand his place. He didn't know his identity and his importance and the significance of time. And so he nonchalantly went about hitting the arrows. And the, and the prophet's like, you idiot. He doesn't say that, but that's really what he's like. It's like, really? Really, dude? Is that really what you just did? Oh, man, you could have won the whole thing, but now you're only going to defeat him three times. And he dies. Wait, 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 w
important God moments that we need to respond to. In Deuteronomy 34, 9, it talks about Joshua being filled with wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So if you back that out, how many of you know when you read Scripture, many times you can read the converse or the opposite of that, and it'll be saying something fresh, but also as true as what it's saying positive, in the positive sense. In the Ten Commandments, honor your father and that you would have a long life. You'd be well in the land, right? I'm paraphrasing. Dishonor mom and dad, shorten your lifespan, no land, you out. Okay? I'm, I'm just paraphrasing. That's the opposite of that, right? We've told you that. So... So Joshua was filled with wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So then we could, and then, then deduct from that that if Joshua did not have Moses' hands laid on him, he would not have had the level of wisdom that he had. Is that right? Would that, would that be, a, no, somebody else could have laid hands on him. Oh, stop. There's a principle of impartation. I wrestled with the Lord to bring this message to you I had, a, I had a series of dreams over the past few nights, but couldn't quite put them together. And then in 15 minutes before I had to be here, the Lord just said this, boom. I had other things I was studying, and, and I, you should see what happens in my house. I sit in this chair of revelation, at least that's what we hope it is. And I sit there, and like other, sometimes things are just burning. I know the word of the Lord. Other times it's like I'm, things are swirling. And it's just like, I mean, I'll go out, I'll just look outside for some, see maybe an, an eagle so I can preach on Isaiah. I, I mean, honestly, it was one of those times where it's just like, I started getting almost, ang not anxiety, but a little in the flesh because I didn't have the word of the Lord. And the Lord's like, what are you doing? He didn't you anyway. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Oh. Because I know that in services like this, if I can bring you the word of the Lord, it'll change your life. So, but you, you know, this battle between the flesh and the spirit. So I finally like let go. I'm like, all right, I don't have anything. Holy Ghost service, whatever. I've got this little stuff. And I forget what happened, but yes, a dog. And thereafter, and it sparked something. And I went to this text and all of a sudden, boom, these, these little mini dreams that I had during the week came to, came, all came to focus. What's fascinating about this text is this impartation that happens, that, that happens in the arrow, but doesn't happen to the, to the servant of Elisha because he's gone. Gehazi failed. You all know the story of Gehazi. He went after money and ended up with leprosy, right? And, and we, don't, we don't really see any other hand washer. My son's doing the Bible in 90 days along with myself, and I saw some other people taking the challenge. That's great. You version, read the word in 90 days, and I get like three days behind, and then catch up, and it's awesome devouring the word. He says to me, hey, Dad, what is this where the, where the king called for the hand washer of, uh, of Elijah? What does that mean? I thought, oh, that's good, son, right there. It was the servant. He said, called for him so that he could prophesy. There was an impartation that went from Elisha to Elisha and was supposed to go to the next generation, but it didn't happen. And what's fascinating in this text is this king not understanding this God moment wasn't sensitive to the Holy Spirit, didn't understand what God was doing, and that impartation, I, I, I wish that the, the Bible followed up on that guy, the dead guy that landed on the bones. 
You know, this scripture is used for a, um, an idiotic, demonic activity called grave sucking. So let me just put a fork in that. Don't be laying over somebody's grave and trying to suck the anointing off of them. That is not scriptural, okay? That is not a scriptural thing. You said, what happened right there when the dead guy went on the phone? You know what that guy did? I was heard of that guy did. It's the lost books of the Bible talking about him. A real impartation comes from a, from a father and a son relationship, spiritually speaking, or a mother and daughter, an impartation that happens out of a depth of relationship, accountability, integrity, uh, honesty, transparency, faithfulness, loyalty, fruitfulness. It doesn't come because you laid on someone's grave, so you're going to get the anointing. It's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. Because, you know, because it's a microwave generation. It is like, doot, 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 popcorn, yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Microwave popcorn, Jiffy Pop, cannot come close to real popcorn cooked in a real pot. Come on, somebody. With real butter. Oh, tastes like butter. Don't give me the taste. I don't want any taste like butter. Butter buds. Margarine. Mar I, I, all you margarine eaters, don't be offended. If you're offended, just call Pastor Vince. 1-800. Hemp. I'm just teasing. I'm kidding. They told me not to say that again, so I just thought I would do it. Amen. So. What are we talking about? Impartation. Turn to Luke 8. I have, I, I have the craziest thing. If you, if you, once you get to know me a little bit, you realize that I'm really unusual. I, I'm just unusual. So you know the song that I have going through my heart right now? It's the Coca-Cola song. To teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Come on. <laughs> it's the real thing. You know what? The Lord wants to pour out his spirit, and it's far better than Coca-Cola. And there's a harmony and a unity and an outpouring of the spirit that'll come. If we could just get a hold of the principles of God's word and really receive an impartation that transforms. Come on, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Be skip, 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 transformed. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God wants you to be a champion. That's his plan for you. And he has impartations for your life. And if you miss them, listen, some of you might be at home right now. Big mistake. I've, I've counseled people and then like had a guest come or the next service and the, and the word comes that they needed, but they're playing golf or something. Or Xbox 360. Or Destiny. Or uh, whatever. Fortnite. 
Here we go. <laughs> All my youth laugh at me because that's not how it works. It's, they're laughing in Seattle Pacific. You guys just don't know what's going on. Okay. Luke 8. Turn there. You all there? Matthew, Mark. Now, this story is told in uh, this, all of the synoptic gospels. not told in John. Matthew, Mark, Luke. I'm almost there. Turning the onion skin pages of my brand new Bible. Yeah. In Luke 8. Verse 43, turn there. Watch this now. Okay. Oh no, I'm going to I'm going to verse 40. And so it was when Jesus returned that the whole multitude welcomed him. They were all waiting for him. Why were they waiting for him? Because he had power. He had healing. Same is true today. You've come to the right place to receive a healing, blessing, a touch from God. Verse 41, and behold, there came a man named Jarius. He was a ruler of the synagogue. Now, if you are not familiar with this passage, rulers of the synagogue, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they didn't like Jesus because he was stealing their power. Even though he was the Messiah, and they should have known from Isaiah 53, they weren't looking for him to come that way. They didn't look for him to come as a humble, broken, reverent servant that would be crucified for their sin. They were looking for a different type of Messiah that would come and kick Rome out and reestablish his kingdom, and he is coming that way. He, he came like the lion, the, 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 the lamb the first time. He's coming like the lion the second time. And they were looking for a lion, and they weren't right, quite ready for him to come the way that he did. And they, they were not discerning. They, they were blind, and they were, they, were, they were bound by religion and tradition and power. And so when you see Jarius comes, the ruler of the synagogue, he probably got fired right here. This is be probably the last day that he worked at the synagogue after he came to Jesus, okay? So you're like, you know, you show up to work. We saw you. You're out, bro. You, you know. So he comes to Jesus, but I'll tell you, when you're broken and you're desperate, you're going to go where you can get deliverance and help. And his daughter was sick, and I will tell you, whenever you're, has anybody got kids up in here? Kids do something to you. Kids, kids, kids will do something to you. You mess with my kids, you see a not-so-nice Pastor Daniel. Yeah, why is that? Because they're my kids. And, and, and if you don't understand that, you probably don't have any, or there's something wrong with you, and you need deliverance. Because a mama's going to take a mama bear. Don't mess with a mama bear. Don't mess with the mooses. Don't mess with the, the mooses. Moosen, is that it? Plural mooses, moosen. <laughs> it's meese. That don't sound right. They tell you, you know, you stay away from a, stay away from a mama, mama, mama moose. You know, with her, you know, walk between. Don't walk between them. Why? Because you'll end up with a hoof in your chest. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm told they'll like they'll get you. They knock you down, and then they put their two hooves together and push right through your sternum. That's how they kill you. I know that's kind of graphic, but I heard that's how they do it. No thanks. I prefer to not stay. Right. You want to be protective over your kids. So anyway, Jarius didn't care about losing his job. 
because uh, his daughter has got a serious problem. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house for he had an only daughter. So it's not just, his, not just his child, it's his only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. I will tell you the same is true today. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost on that right there. We have 12-year-olds that are dying. But if there's fathers that would rise and mothers that would rise and take a stand in their home, listen, it can be challenging helping a 12-year-old because they think they know everything. They're 13, 14. Listen, the years between 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, man, you got to stay on the wall. Man, you got to hold the bank of that river. You got to keep no, and you got to help pick their friends, and you got you to gotta help them. And there's a lot of kids that are dead and dying because they didn't have a Jarius. They didn't have a father like Jarius. They didn't have a mother. They would stand over them and say, you're not going to do that over my dead body are you gonna do that you're not going no 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 I hate you ah, and they say whatever they say you never they only said that that said once in my house one time learned it from a movie I hate you well they got some understanding on their hinder parts right after that no somebody the last time you'll be saying that why because I'm not gonna let my kid be cursed you don't let your kids tell you they hate you hello some of you some of you don't understand what I'm saying. All right. We're like, man, we weaving the tapestry tonight. Got the How many got your spiritual kung fu tonight? <laughs> kung fu, I don't see that in scripture. You're unscriptural right now. Okay. All right. Pastor Karen, pray or something. So Jarius comes, he's got a 12-year-old. Oh, we need a move of God in our youth. Listen, if you haven't registered your youth, how can you have a $1,000 device that you hold in your hand but you can't come up with 80 bucks? How do you do that? How do you do that? If you have a youth and you really can't do it because you can't pay for them, you come and talk to me and we will find a way. They need to get in this thing. The $80 helps the expenses of the flights and all that stuff. The guy that's coming is a powerful, powerful, light, world-changing evangelist. For real. I don't just say that, and we don't just bring anybody up in here to preach. That's not how that works. The guests that we bring here are tested, tried, and true with the power of God, or we're not having them, period. Why is that? Because that's how we roll. So you need to register for the, register. And listen, if you want to if you want to help, because there are some kids that can't afford it, you want to help, yeah. you can sponsor them, all right? So you just see, uh, would you help me? And see uh, Minister Barry, Minister Jan in the lobby afterwards. They've got cards out there that will help you. So, so anyway, he's desperate, comes to Jesus. But as he went, so Jesus is like, okay, I'll go with you. And as he went, multitudes thronged him. That means they came all around him. 43, a woman having a flow of blood 12 years, having spent her livelihood, all her money on physicians, and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately the flow of her blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? Now, if, if you're being surrounded by thousands of people, which is what multitude means, Everybody's touching you, especially in Eastern, Middle Eastern culture. Sure, come on, you ever been on a subway at rush hour? You ever, you ever been like that? There's people all around. But yet, Jesus said, who touched me? 
So it's obvious that not just a regular touch, it's a different kind of touch. It's a touch of desperation that will not be moved. And this is what this woman does. And she gets her miracle. He said, who touched me before I perceived that power is going out for me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, in other words, he's like, who touched me? <laughs> ah, it's me. I mean, he's just like, you know, Jesus knows everything. So I think he spun around and looked right at her and she's freaked out. She declared to him in the presence of the people the reason that she touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. She, it's, she said her, she perceived that it was the Lord and she said in her heart at another, another version, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'm gonna be made whole. There's a release of power. Listen to me very closely. I'm bringing this to conclusion. There's the power of impartation that comes that will not come any other way. Why do you have altar calls? Well, that's one of the reasons we have altar calls. Come on. Some of you were dumb as a box of rocks, but the people laid hands on you, and now you have wisdom. Come on, somebody. Is there any other former box of rocksers out there? Rocksers? Does that work? Roxen. Roxen. There we go. Box of Roxen. You got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Turn to Luke. Not Luke. Turn to Romans. Box of Roxen. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Dumb. Foolish. They can't find stuff. Uh, Romans <laughs> 1. I'd like to teach the world to sing. How do, I got to like Holy Ghost that. How do you Holy Ghost it? To Jesus Christ. <laughs> Romans 1. If you're offended right now, it's not my fault. Pastor Vince's number is 1-800. <laughs> no, it's not. Romans 1, and uh, I will finish that thought. If you're offended right now, it's because you're religious. You just need to, like, lighten up a little bit. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to break you free, you Pharisee. I'm not looking at anybody. Look at the camera. I'm not looking at anybody. You Sadducee. Baptized and lemon juice, religious, dried up from the roots, need to be delivered. <laughs> that was my happy dance. I've preached myself happy. I'm almost done. Romans 1. You all there? For I long to see you, verse 11, for I long to see you that I may impart to use some spiritual gift so that you may be established. Established. To impart. 
There's impartation, there's a release of blessing, there's release of power, there's a release, there's endowment, there's a release of the kingdom that can come through impartation. Elijah, back to our main text in 2 Kings 13, longed to impart victory to the nation, but the king had his role and responsibility in it, which he did not discern because he wasn't mature. He didn't get it. And you wish that he could have just like, give me a second chance, but it's too late. And so then in in application, there's times and seasons that we're in right now that that if you don't understand who you are, your identity, if you don't understand your identity, you'll derail your destiny. I'm reviewing. And that your role in fulfilling the plan of God for your life, for your family, for your children, yes, yes, it's dependent on God, but it is also dependent on you. We've seen over 500-something people led to Christ. What's the count? John, 542 people to date. We have one more day to reach 1,000. Are you going to make it? I'm getting my hoodie on, and I'm going to get out there. All right. I figure if John Duke can do 100, I can at least do 50. Come on, Jesus. Why? Now, maybe, maybe we'll break all the records and hit 1,000 tomorrow. Why would you do that? Because it is so important. It's so important to do that. It's so important to reach the lost. And, and, and what happens is, is we don't understand that. We miss our time. We miss our We miss our kairos, the time and destiny. We miss our time and destiny crossover. You're never going to have another day like this. This day is gone. But the good news is this is the first day that's starting right now the rest of your life. Come on, there's a, there's a recall. And some of you are standing over the pile of moose and stuff. I mean, you need to get rid of the rocks and get healed, get free, and receive impartation, training, discipleship, to be a part of our, be a part of our life groups. Get the guy, plug in, learn, grow, be a part of a team. Why? Because all of those things helped you to train you to, so that you could be established. God wants to establish you. I'm almost done. Very simply, as I wrap this up, Minister Micah, would you kindly? You got a desire for more of God's working in your life. If you, if, you, if you feel like you've had enough, then you've already started backsliding. So there's deeper levels in God. Deeper. And you say, well, God, God knows where I am. He can touch me. That's right. Resting on God's sovereignty. But blessed are those who hunger and thirst, as Jesus said to the mount. Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirst for righteousness. They shall be filled. There's a principle of spiritual hunger and spiritual coveting that releases God's power in your life. Got a desire. If you don't have an appetite for God, then something's wrong. Secondly, be, be in worship. I mean, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Have a lifestyle of worship. Don't don't grieve the Holy Spirit. I think it was yesterday. I was minding my own business, and I lost 50% of my peace, which is like basically losing all of it. If I lose all my peace, I stop doing what I'm doing. not driving. I'm not keeping my appointments. I'm done. I'm staying right where I'm at until I I break through, get to the other side. Now, what's going on? And so I'm discerning. I'm weighing. What's going on? So I'm like, I'm praying the Spirit. Like, is it my kids? Nope. Nope. 
And other times it's been, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. So I'll pray. I'll intercede. Maybe I'll make a phone call. I'll call my prayer partner, my beautiful queen, Pastor Karen. And I'll pray through, and we'll figure out what it is. But it wasn't my kids, and it wasn't my wife, and it wasn't my home. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying my building. Jesus, building. Shut up. Nope, not the building. All good there. And I'm just like going through, Lord, what, what, what? And all of a sudden I realized, stop, that's it. I found it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I found it, and I thought, oh, to obey him and to get my peace back meant that I'm going to have to change some things and possibly hurt some people's feelings, in other words. And it could be that I didn't listen to the Lord to begin with and the decision that I made. And it could be that some things changed. I don't have all the rationale for it, but as I, as I prayed, I just thought, I, I settled on having a, a decision that would alter some things. I prayed, I called some people that that would affect, and I had them pray, and as I put that on, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, just imagine like, okay, that's the decision. Is that it? I'd be like, yep, that's it. Ah. Oh, that's gonna, that's gonna disappoint some people. Oh, well, happy Hanukkah. In other words, Sorry about that, but we'll be obeying the Lord. And if I didn't plan right or, you know, should have made maybe a different decision earlier, well, I repent, uh, but I ain't going to go in afraid of hurting somebody's feelings and disobey the Lord, lose my peace, and end up in a real problem. That's how real, some of you are, some of you in all kinds of problems because you don't hear the voice, you don't listen. You don't li li listen, Linda, Listen. <laughs> You don't listen. You don't listen. He's talking to you. Circumstances. You violate your peace. You're like, well, that's going to hurt their feelings. Well, listen, you just try to do it nicely. Yeah, I mean, you just say, look, not everybody understands that there's a higher law at work. I mean, we've canceled trips. We've done, listen, be led by the Lord. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because you don't know in that moment where things could shift and he could bring the miracle to you, but you, you've not been sensitive to him. And you've made, you know, all, I mean, letting your family down. Oh, I can't let my family down. Oh, they're counting on me for this. And that. Look, change the deal. Change it. Sorry. And don't use a God said. I hate that. No, I, I just do, because there's no arguing that. God told me that, oh, okay, deal done. Praise God. Hope that was God. You know what I mean? I just basically say, look, I, I sense, I feel, I just, I, I've, got, I, I've, got to, I've got to change some things. Would you, I'm so sorry. I don't say the Lord spoke to me, unless, unless like it really was a thunderous thing. It was the peace of God, and many times God leads me that way just with peace. It's part of his voice. Does that make sense? So I'm telling you, we're in a Kairos moment in the church. We're in a Kairos moment in history of the United States of America. We're in a Kairos moment in your life, this vapor, this brief moment that you have. You need to discern. You need to be mature. You need to grow up to understand that your man is given but one life to live, and after that, the judgment. You need to, we need to be sensitive and enthusiastic about God, about his word, about fulfilling his plan. Why? Because there's people that count on it. We need to rise up and receive impartation. He said, are you still looking for impartation? I answer. I mean, if you travel with me and I go to conferences, buddy, I'm the first one in the altar. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But if I feel like, in other words, I'm hustling there. 
I'm, I'm getting there. If there's some anointed man, anointed woman of God, and, that, and I start sensing an altar call, and it's just kind of, I don't mean salvation. I mean, you want more. Of, I'm like already coming from the back. Why? Because I have had more happen to me in altars with people laying hands on me than I have had at any other time. It's impartation. I was a box of Roxen. I think I have some wisdom and I'm beginning to grow up, but I'm convinced that it's because of impartation from the Lord and from people. God longs to impart to you. That's what Paul said. I want to impart to you that you might be established. God wants to establish you. The days of smooth need, apathetic, limp-wristed, weak, non-authoritative prayers that bring forth nothing are over. They're over. My, our whole generation, this whole generation doesn't want a bunch of bunk and religion and tradition. They want something that changes their life. They're sick of smoke and meth. They want to get delivered. They want to be set free. They want peace and peace like a river. They want joy and joy like a fountain. And Jesus is the answer. I would like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony by the power of the Holy Ghost. New words? I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. Grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I'd like to hold it in my arms and keep it company. I'd like to see the world for once all standing hand in hand and to hear them echo through the hills, peace throughout the land. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. To teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. I'd like to build the world a home and furnish it with love. To grow apple trees and honeybees and snow white turtle doves. I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Perfect harmony. You know who brings perfect harmony? You know who brings perfect harmony? The perfect one brings perfect harmony. That can't happen without you understanding who you are and your role in it. Some of you don't think you're important at all. You're important. You're part of the body. The gifts, the talents, the, the, the treasure that he's given to you, you're important. You're important. Your children are important. Your marriage is important. You want to sing that for us, Mike? <laughs> Lift your hands. Stand upon your feet all across this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Lord God. Lord. somewhere. <laughs> Come on, lift your voice and sing. Hallelujah. 
Church is almost over. Lift your hands, lift your voice. Sing to the Lord a new song. Yes. Come on, Paul, worship him on that base. Come on. If you want fresh impartation in your life, get out from where, Holy Ghost! You need a touch of God, come to the front. Jesus came 
to Christ all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus receive him tonight those of you at home come on those of you Keala all of you around the room you guys examine your heart are you right with God if you're not and you want to be repent ask Jesus into your life Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer right after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again for the grave for me. 
forgive me of all my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, Holy Spirit. Come, fill, and touch each and every one right now in the name of Jesus. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go right ahead. Service almost over. Just a few more moments. Brother Eagle River Minister, anointed Eagle Riverian, uh, Minister Gill, come stand right here. All of you beautiful Eagle River people, come. I'm going to prophesy over your church. Go on, service almost over. If you need to slip out, go right ahead. The Lord's going to give you exponential multiplication. It's right around the corner. And you're going to see it come. There, there are those, it's like dominoes that have just been waiting to fall, and I saw them all falling. The building's far too small. God is going to bring them in. And the Lord is granting you favor in that place. It's, it's like he wanted to bring you in the front door, but there are those that wouldn't allow it. So I'm bringing you in the back door, says the Lord. Because what the Lord, the door that the Lord opens, no man can shut. Now I'm going to give you governmental favor. I'm on you to give you governmental favor in this nation and in your home nation. There's, there's an authority that you and your wife are walking and is going to grow. The enemy tried to take you out early. But you just would, the Lord wouldn't have it. He guarded over you. He protected you. And he kept you. And your testimony is that he kept you. Because if he didn't, it would have been over. Just like my testimony too. Like many of our testimonies, he kept you. Because he's got a great plan. And yes, it's an expression of his amazing love for you. But he also knows that those who've been forgiven much love much. And he knows that he can trust you. And as you stay humble, broken, and transparent, I'm going to give you souls. I'm going to give you souls. I've married a Joseph anointing in your life with business and finance and government and marketplace ministry and the kingdom of God and the house of God. And I'm raising you up to be a voice to your people and to those around you. And I see you fathering many. I see people coming and, and, and coming to glean from you. I see people coming to connect even with your people, taking them by the garment and say, tell me, what is this God you serve? Where do you, what do you do? Where do you go? How did this happen? This favor, putting favor all over your people in a, in a marked way. 
The Lord, the Lord is going to give you some insight, sweetheart. He's going to give you some insight to, to change some things. There's a change of plans. I don't know exactly what the plans are, but the Lord says I'm changing them. It's, it's time. So don't worry about offending people. Just do what I told you to do. Just do what I told you to do. The Lord says just do what I told you to do. And let the chips fall. I'll sort it all out. It, it's not a popularity contest. You're in it to please me. I'm the one that saved you. I called you. I'm anointing you. I'm putting my hand upon you, and I'm releasing to you, even tonight, fresh courage, strength to do the right thing, to do what I told you to. Plans changed. Holy Ghost! Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Just a moment longer, Lord, thank you for what you've done. We give you praise. Hallelujah. 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 I'm releasing a fresh mantle upon this church to win the lost like never before and to take the territory. And by this time next year, there'll be an outpouring and a release of my power. It's already begun, so it'll be hard to discern when, when that actually happened. But you look back one year from today, you'll see such exponential release of favor, blessing, finances, souls of the kingdom, that people will move to Wasilla because what I'm going to do here, they'll move to the valley. It's already begun. People are traveling. They're driving the Alcan. They're coming here from all around the world. Why? They're not quite sure, but they know they had to do it. It's the moving and the drawing of the Spirit. As there is like an aliyah to Israel, so there is a trumpet call. In fact, I hear like out of, the, out, of, out of Isaiah, I whistle and they come from the ends of the earth. I hear the Lord whistling in the spirit and calling him from the ends of the earth to be a part of something that would be amazing here that wouldn't stay here. Not within the four walls of the church. It'll go out and plan other works and hundreds of works that take the state, will take the nation, and then we'll see them come. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. We'll touch every nation, every tribe, every tongue. Just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The brief time you have of vapor, this thing called life, one little moment. Don't waste any day. Don't let anything, anything be unsaid. Don't have an account. Short, keep a short accounts. Keep no accounts. Forgive. Walk in humility. Love people. Tell them you love them. Be forgiving. Let go of that bitterness. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Your role in it, your identity, will affect your destiny. Receive a fresh impartation tonight. Lift your hands and this is done. Receive a fresh impartation that you may be established in this place. Release your fire all across this place. Those online right now, release your fire now. That we may be established to declare, proclaim, and demonstrate the kingdom of God is at hand until you come. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.